Hey, welcome to Journey Through the Scriptures. My name is Philip Thomas, pastor of Journey here in Elgin, Texas. This is on a, a Thursday, whenever you may be listening to this. Uh, we are now in Genesis chapter 25 through 28. If you want to take a moment and pause and, and uh, read through those, encourage you to do that. Um, last uh, Tuesday, on Tuesday, we uh, talked about uh, Isaac, and now Isaac is now married to Rebecca. So now we're uh, looking at, we've had Abraham kind of as the, the, the founder, if you will, of this faith. Um, now you have his child uh, who is continuing this covenant along. And uh, so now we have uh, Isaac and Rebekah. Uh, uh, chapter 25 starts off. Uh, Abraham has married again. He did have some uh, other uh, children as well. Um, but the covenant is going to focus uh, through Isaac. Uh, that, that is uh, very clear and, and obvious. And so we have uh, Abraham who dies. He is taken back and buried with Sarah. Um, and now the scene shifts and the focus shifts to Isaac and uh, Rebekah. It is interesting, I, just to, to bring up, is that Ishmael also was there to bury Abraham. Isn't that interesting? Uh, even though the, the challenges, we talked about those challenges, um, Ishmael still obviously had a, a, a respect for Abraham. Uh, and so we see that. We see that uh, Ishmael and his line uh, is still important. Um, but we get uh, there in uh, verse 21, says, Isaac pleads with the Lord for his wife, Rebekah, because she w- still had not a ch- had a child. Uh, and the Lord granted this uh, plea, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. Uh, and then it's interesting that God actually speaks to Rebekah. Um, you know, a lot of times we think, you know, that, that God was speaking to the, the patriarchs, if you will, but he, all, he, he spoke to everyone, right? Because we are all created in the image of God, male and female, God created them. So God was speaking to Rebekah. Uh, and he told her, he said, two nations are in your womb, two people shall be separated from your body, one people shall be stronger than the other, and the younger uh, and the older shall serve the younger. So it's kind of a, a foretaste of what's to come. Uh, we, we have seen from the beginning that every family has dysfunction, um, and even in this family that's been called by God, uh, they have dysfunction as well. Doesn't mean that God likes dysfunction, it just means we're going to experience that. So if your family's experiencing dysfunction, guess what? God still works in the midst of your family and can still bring healing no matter what you may be experiencing. So we, we now have uh, Isaac and Rebecca, and I'm trying to keep all these names in, in my head straight, and, uh, but if I ever misspeak, uh, I do apologize. Uh, but you have Isaac and Rebecca, and they have twins, Esau and Jacob. Esau is the oldest, but Jacob comes out and he's holding on to the heel of, of Esau, right? Kind of, again, there's going to be some conflict. You see it from the beginning. Uh, so now you have Esau and Jacob, and uh, now we, we move quickly from their birth uh, to a scene that's, that's interesting but very important. So Esau is a hunter, kind of a, a you know, goes out. The best way to probably just describe it is he's the manly man. Right, uh, you know, and and Isaac kind of uh, has has a more affinity towards him. Jacob is not quite that outgoing; doesn't like to hunt things like that. 
Rebecca is closer to Jacob, and there's obviously tension brewing there. And so one day Esau has been out hunting, and he obviously was not successful that day. And so he comes back, uh, and he's starving to death, and, and Jacob has some food, and Esau is begging him for food. And Jacob sees an opportunity, and he says, well, you're going to need to sell me your birthright. Now, there's, there's plenty of fault to go around here. Um, one, Jacob is kind of taking advantage of a situation, um, but it's not like Esau is about to die. Like <laughs> he's, he's very hungry. He's starving, um, which probably all of you have been in that place uh, at some point. I, I can think of, of times, I can remember a time at like Six Flags where I was too cheap to buy any food from the, the place. And by the end of the day, you're starving to death, right? And you feel like I, I've got to get something to eat, but you're not about to die. right? <laughs> well, Esau wasn't about to die, uh, but he needed some food. And it shows how little he cared for the birthright that he really didn't take that seriously. Well, Jacob did. Jacob wanted the, the birthright. It was important to him. And so, see, he saw an opportunity to say, all right, here, you can have this right now. Just let me have your birthright. And he saw in his, you know, kind of desire and, and caught up in, in the emotion of the moment, just gave up his birthright. Well, neither neither brother is... Is, is that too, does that look very highly on them? Um, but the fact that Esau just was so flippant with the birthright uh, definitely is a problem. Uh, so, so we have that happen. Uh, then then you, you have chapter 26. I, I, I do want to hit something in 20, uh, chapter 26. This again is just kind of uh, the, the people of God, this group that is now led by Isaac, um, continues to interact with this other group of people led by Abimelech. And this is probably Abimelech's son. Um, but there's, there's kind of this constant back and forth, and they kind of have problems at times, but, but overall they're, they're okay with each other. And uh, Isaac kind of does the same thing that Abraham does, and he pretends uh, that Rebekah is his sister. Uh, Abimelech recognizes uh, pretty soon that, um, no, that's not your sister, and he says, hey, don't, don't do that to us. We're, we're, we want to respect that, um, which didn't always happen, but it showed that they had a respect for this group of people. Um, but then, then we have something that's interesting. And one of the things that's important about as we read through Scripture is Scripture does give us kind of the basics of human nature and, and some of the, the, the ugliness of, of our human nature, of our sinfulness, and kind of what it leads to. And so what happens here is uh, Isaac and Rebekah and the, the people are living uh, within this area where Abimelech and his people are. It's, it's their, their land, but they're living there together. And what happens is Isaac begins to prosper. In verse 12 of chapter 26, it says, Then Isaac sowed into that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. <laughs> Just in case you didn't know, Isaac is prospering. Right? Uh, for he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herd and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. Now this is, this is interesting because here Isaac is doing well, uh, that he is doing things right. And instead of the Phil Philistines kind of looking and saying, man, what is he doing Maybe we can do that to also prosper. 
What do they do? They envy him. That's human nature. That is not good. We should fight against that human nature. It becomes really easy just to envy people who are prosperous, right? Rather than looking and saying, well, what, what could I do to, to also uh, be prosperous as well? Um, and it says, so now the Philistines had stopped up uh, all the wells, which his father's servants had dug. Uh, so they filled in all the wells. So not only did they envy him, but they were like, you know what? We're so upset that you're prospering and we're not. We're going to try to make you not prosper as well. Um, we, we have to be really careful with that. That is not a good human emotion, but it is one uh, that, that sometimes is, is we are being encouraged to have. And we need to make sure that, that we fight that envy. And so it's interesting how Isaac handles this. He actually just keeps moving away. Uh, he's like, it's not worth getting into a battle. Um, he uh, uh, continues to move away. Uh, he and Abimelech finally again have another agreement um, that everything's going to be, uh, going to be okay. Um, and they, they move on from there. But that brings us to the end of that chapter, chapter 26. Uh, it talks about Esau. He actually takes two wives uh, that, are, that are not part of the Abraham line. And Isaac and Rebekah were both grieved by that. So again, here's Esau not really grasping the importance of this covenant people uh, that God has started through Abraham. So then we have this scene where uh, uh, Isaac is getting old. He can't see very well. um, And he knows it's getting close to the end of his life probably. So it's time for him to give the birthright uh, and the blessing. Um, and so Rebecca hears him tell Esau, he wants Esau to go uh, make a, a soup, um, go hunt, make a soup, come back, he's going to give the birthright. Uh, Rebecca hears that, tells Jacob, comes up with the plan that, hey, we can deceive Isaac. Um, and so Jacob puts on some uh, kind of uh, goat's, goat's clothing, right? And uh, so that he uh, is hairy. Uh, uh, Rebecca makes the soup the way that she knows that, uh, that Isaac likes, uh, and Isaac goes and deceives his father. Kind of a, again, not, not a great situation, but this is just what happened. That's why the Bible tells it. This is what, ha- what happened. Uh, I, uh, Jacob, sometimes we, I think we look at Jacob as, as kind of a, a bad character in all of this. He's also put in a b- pretty bad position. He's either going to deceive uh, his father, or he's going to go against his mother's wishes, right? So he's, he's kind of there, and, and he also believes that he has the birthright, uh, that, that Esau has given him the birthright. Um, so he goes through with this, and Isaac actually gives him uh, the birthright. Uh, then we have Esau coming in, and Esau says, now I want the birthright, uh, because I am your oldest son. He kind of reminds Isaac of that. Remember, I'm your oldest son. There's kind of that, uh, I know I may have given this away at another time, but remember, I'm the oldest, so I should get it. Um, and Isaac says, no, I've already given the birthright. And Esau asked for a blessing, and those the, the birthright and the blessing kind of all went together. Um, and Isaac gives him a blessing, but it's not a, a great blessing. Uh, and so you see Esau become very angry uh, as uh, obviously to the point that uh, he wants to uh, to kill uh, Jacob as soon as he can, and so Jacob 
uh, then flees. So, but, but now we know that the line, the covenant line, is going to go through Jacob. And so uh, Jacob uh, flees um, as he's uh, going uh, back to um, back back to kind of where they found Rebecca. Back to actually back to Laban, who was uh, Rebecca's brother. Uh, he's headed that way, and he has this interesting dream. Uh, it's called Jacob's Ladder. You may have heard of that uh, phrase, Jacob's Ladder. And so Jacob, he's gone through all of this. Isaac has given him the birthright and the blessing. Um, but that, those, those are just human words. But it's here at Bethel that as he lays down and he puts his head down uh, on a stone, which some people could say, well, maybe that's why he was having dreams, is he's sleeping on a stone. <laughs> but uh, he was sleeping, and uh, God uh, appears to him in a dream, and it's a a staircase with messengers from God that are going up and down, that are so they're kind of constantly interacting. And here he is uh, in the presence of God, beside God. And, uh, and God promises him that your descendants will be blessed, reinforces that covenant blessing that had gone from Abraham, gone to Isaac, and now is going to Jacob. So there's that continuity there. Uh, and, and that dream is important to think about uh, and what it's reminding us of is God's interaction and his involvement with the world around us, right? That, that he is involved in this world, uh, that he, he uh, does care about what's going on. And so Jacob, uh, what, that point was reinforced to him uh, as now he, because he's fleeing from his family, he's probably questioning, hey, have I done uh, or he knows that he hasn't done exactly right. Um, he deceived Isaac. Uh, but now God is reinforcing to him that it is, it's going to be okay. And, uh, and this is really where you see uh, Jacob, his relationship with God um, really starts to solidify. In verse 16, it says, Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. Right? So before he wasn't really thinking about God. Now he recognizes, no, God is with me. And he says, and he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. So all of a sudden we see Jacob start to have a real relationship with God. Uh, and it's a, a very pivotal moment, an important moment, uh, because he is going to be uh, responsible for continuing this covenant that God started with Abraham uh, so many years before. So that brings us to the end of chapter 28. Um, uh, Jacob is, is fleeing, and uh, we're going to start next uh, Tuesday in chapter 29. It's actually going to be a pretty big chunk of chapters. Uh, so, so you have all weekend to read Genesis chapter 29 through 36. So encourage you to, uh, to read those chapters, and we'll see you next Tuesday.